0: The Die Hard Eagles podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by MyBookie.ag. Winning season continues at MyBookie, and they're now offering a free $20 bet with the promo code SGP20. That's MyBookie.ag, promo code SGP20 to get a free $20 bet with your first deposit. We're also brought to you by Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy is a new daily fantasy sports app built specifically for player props. Download the app in the App Store and use promo code SGP for an instant deposit match up to $50. That's ThriveFantasy.com promo code SGP. Sign up and prop up today. We're also brought to you by ACE Aceperhead. Ace is the leader in head providers, and they make it super easy to start your own sportsbook. Plus, Ace is offering up six weeks free over at Aceperhead.com slash SGP. That's Aceperhead.com slash SGP. We're also brought to you by Sean Green. My latest comedy album, This Loss Hurts Us All, is now available everywhere. iTunes, Apple Music, Spotify, and wherever you get your comedy. Ooh, welcome, everyone, to the Die Hard Eagles podcast. I'm Sean, stacking the money green with my fellow diehards, Rob and Justin. Rob, we're coming off long rest as a podcast. Last time we uh, recorded over a week ago, and between that uh, time and now, the Eagles are in first place, two, four, and one—a dominating win over the New York Giants, twenty-two to twenty-one. What is your uh, what is your reaction to the game now? Now that you've had some time to think about it, to let that. Win marinated. Uh are, are you more optimistic or pessimistic based off that win?
1: You know what? I'm optimistic. How about that gritty performance by Carson? I oh, loved West? it. I mean, come on. He, look, he wasn't perfect. He he didn't have a great first half, although the first drive was great. We went down and we scored. Um, but that fourth quarter, I, I mean, you couldn't have asked for more. He really just let loose that throw to um, Boston Scott. I mean, what a throw and what a catch. career Could throw. not have been more perfect career throw. Absolutely. So, I mean, look, I'm optimistic. I think Carson is starting to come around. I hope they can capitalize on this. It just seems like in the fourth quarter this year, he's playing a lot freer. He's, I don't know if it's because the game's on the line, he's just, you know, letting it rip, um, you know, even more but you know, I saw a stat in the first three quarters of the game for the, for the last few weeks, his passer rating was something like 68.6 in the fourth quarter. It's 118.2. Something is going on in that fourth quarter. That's just causing him to come alive. And, and, and we just need to tap into it. I, I think it gives us some optimism going forward, you know, Fulgham a, again, another great performance. I'll, I'll talk about him more later. Um, but a a lot of room for optimism, everyone except Jake Elliott, who, you know, I don't know what's going on with him, but uh, there needs to be some competition and look, let's, let's, let's talk about this too. I mean, I'll give Kramer some credit. He predicted a long run by Daniel Jones, but what he did not predict was that he would just run so fast. He'd fall over. He couldn't even make it into the end zone. So I mean, come on. That was great. You got to laugh at that. I know they did score on that play, but I mean wide open and the guy falls over instead of scoring the TD, you know, what's not to love about that.
0: Yeah, that was a great moment. And uh, I mean, the memes made it all the the more sweeter. And, and the fact that we won the game, we were really able to enjoy the Daniel Jones run because again, that's one of those things where if they end up scoring uh, well, Ryan hits his crazy DJ only bet of like a hundred to one that uh, Danny dimes would have a hundred rushing yards. But if, if they, if they end up getting that touchdown and then, uh, you know, we lose the game, we can't make fun of it. We can't enjoy it. We were given that gift by the, uh, by the good old New York football giants there. And yeah, I mean, tons of optimism with Carson. I mean, certainly there's things he still has to fix, but I think the biggest issue with him early on the season and, and even early on the games is he has moments where he's clearly pressing. Now I think in the fourth quarter, he just gets in the zone where he's like, fuck it. I'm going to play fast. I'm going to play loose. And that's when he's at his best great dime to Boston. Scott there to close out the game and get the victory. Justin, how are you? How are you feeling after that Thursday night game, bit of a roller coaster, but as we know with this 2020 Eagles team, nothing comes easy. What are your uh, takeaways from the game against the giants?
2: Yeah, I'm I'm kind of in the same boat as you guys. I felt pretty good. I was super fired up actually immediately after the game, but I've been able to you know take a step back the last few days and kind of look things over. Um, happy about Carson. Uh, big big stat for him was that he was averaged uh, 8.3 passing yards per attempt in that game. So obviously, when you're throwing up those kind of numbers, you're you're going to be successful, which was great to see. Um, I will say, I would have liked to see maybe a little bit more rushes. Our running backs only carried the ball 14 times, but at the same time, when you're working them with the line that we have, and uh, you're not getting that much, uh, you're not getting down the field that much. Uh, obviously, it starts to become a problem, and it showed. And we were playing from behind a little bit there too. But uh, also, a great stat from Carson here: zero fumbles, which was great to see. Took <laughs> care of the ball as well, which was which was nice. Um, I will say the other thing that I like to see out of Carson is. And we've noticed it this season, especially is he's running a lot more, he's averaging near a, a rushing touchdown a game, which is great. So happy to see that um, another nice part. And I know Doug was getting a lot of flack for the play calling, especially in the beginning of the game. But I tell you what, that game winning drive at the end, I couldn't have been more happy. He noticed, or at least I think he noticed that, you know, you don't want to leave too much time on the clock, especially when you're in the red zone, there were about two minutes left or maybe a little bit under calls a running play on the first down there, uh, eat it, ate up some clock, you know, lets the clock roll. And then we're able to manage to get the touchdown there at the end. Um, great pass by Carson. As you guys pointed out, I will say though, I was curious about this uh, because Doug's play calling, especially within the five yard line is a little suspect. And we're starting to question those play calls and those two point conversion play calls specifically. And I noticed he's called about twenty plays within the five yard line the last three <laughs> games, and I'm wondering if that's starting to become an issue, and he doesn't have enough good five yard goal line plays <laughs> in order to push us in the end zone. So just well, something to think yeah. and,
0: and, and classic uh, Doug Peterson fashion, which you know he has a little bit of himbo in him, where he he just kind of admits too much. I, I think in the uh, the Ravens game, he admitted they ran out of two point plays. Like who ev- who would even admit that? And I, I do think there is an issue with the short yardage and the two point play calling uh, and, and especially inside that goal line to their credit though, or, or I guess in their defense, they don't have Goddard. They haven't had hurts. I, I think Richard Rodgers has actually played uh, surprisingly decent all things considered, but I think getting the tight end back will certainly help in the red zone. Getting miles Sanders back will help with the short yardage. So that that's kind of what I'm holding out on. As far as the juju is concerned, I want to give a, uh, you know. Pat myself on the back for really dialing into the juju. Now, I wore the nice white Reggie White uh, throwback jersey that I have going, which uh, I was, uh, you know, I questioned whether or not I should break it out. I, I debuted it against the Ravens game. Didn't get the W, but I still wore it for the Giants game. Wasn't going great. And then I made a mid game switch, went to the Carson Wentz black jersey, poured myself a tall glass of whiskey, got back to the basics, much like Carson Wentz running the ball, and uh, big, big, uh, big big part of the victory in in my view that uh, I I made that switch there. Rob, Justin, did you guys do anything Juju wise that you think uh, they're going to carry over to the next game?
1: I, I, I'm I still keeping it simple over here. Uh, you know, Eagles mess shorts, no no jersey. Uh, making them earn the jersey back. Yeah, uh, went, Wentz is getting closer. Uh, you know, the the jersey <laughs> may make an appearance back this this season. Uh, Maybe I'll reevaluate that after the Cowboys this week, but um, I'm keeping it simple and it's been working so far.
0: Justin, where are you at, Juju wise?
2: Uh, I'm wearing. I'm back to wearing my uh, championship T-shirt from 2017. Uh, I call it a championship T-shirt because I wore it throughout that season. Um, And then I put the Carson Wentz jersey over it. Uh, That's what I started out with at the beginning of the year. I ditched it for a little while, but I went back to it this game seem to work
0: out so you're wearing it you're wearing a t-shirt and then a jersey all over it yeah all right well I mean you're you're in Hawaii I guess in my head that's way too hot for a move like that but uh
2: <laughs> I mean homes do have air conditioning Johnson I, I, oh I look go at you out.
0: look at you fancy guy with your uh with your air conditioning is it centralized it's Z? not my home actually. What's that?
1: Is it central AC?
2: How how uh, how rich we I was are we just talking?
1: gonna say, Justin doesn't even have AC. I
2: actually, I don't. I do have AC units at my place, oh, okay. uh, but they're just like in the windows. Uh, this is at the in-laws' house. Oh, uh, okay. So do you
0: head over yeah. there for the uh, central AC? All right, I get it. Okay. Take advantage. Good, uh good little uh, glomming on there. Moving how on. For. <laughs> moving on to the season in general. Finally, getting some. I, I don't think this is the first time we've experienced it uh, so far this season. We're getting good injury news in the way of Jalen Rager, first round pick. He's uh, he's he's beat his thumb injury, and uh, that's huge. I'd love to see him with Fulgham out on the field at the same time. First time we're going to see that is against the Dallas defense, which is decimated. And uh, I guess kind of good news. Justin uh, Jason Peters, he's back, although. Uh, I don't know. Now there's a bit of a controversy where Jason Peters is going to play. It sounds like lane Johnson is going to try and make it a go. So that'll be interesting. Do they, do they then keep my lot at left tackle and put Peters at right guard There's There's a number of scenarios here. I mean, I, I do think overall getting Jason Peters back helps the team to some degree, but I don't want to lose the momentum that my is kind of building at the left tackle position, Rob, where are you at with the offensive line right now? What would you be doing?
1: Uh, the the fact that this is even a debate infuriates me. Um, Look, my has earned the left left tackle spot. He should be there for the rest of the season until someone proves otherwise. I respect Jason Peters. The guy has had a hell of a career. He's a hall of famer, but he does not deserve to play the left tackle anymore. He should play the right guard, put him in there. Hopefully um, you know, lane can start at right tackle. Look, if, if, if lane can't play right tackle and they want to try my at, at right tackle for one game uh, as a, as a fill in till lanes back fine, I, I can live with that. Um, but my should be the left tackle going forward in my mind, quite honestly, he's earned it even over Dillard. Once Dillard's back and healthy next year, Dillard's going to have to unseat him, I think. So yeah. I, I, this should not even be a debate. I know Doug's probably waiting for uh, <laughs> to Peters for to Peters tell him to what come to in do and, uh, yeah exactly to tell him what to do um, you know this is all about Peters not wanting to be embarrassed and how to handle him but from a pure from a pure playing perspective this isn't even a close call Mylada is the left tackle
0: yeah I think and uh, I'll kick it over to Justin here the the contrarian or the other angle is. It's the left tackle position. We can't risk Carson Wentz getting hurt, and maybe Jason Peters is just slightly better than Jordan Mylar right now. And maybe even that slight difference is worth keeping Peters in over Mylar. I mean, I I think you got to do whatever you can to keep lotta on the field because I think he's going to get better in the next month or two as the season goes along. Whereas Peters probably goes backwards. But uh, Justin, can you see a case being made for playing Peters over Mylar? Just just to do everything you can to keep Carson safe back there?
2: Uh, I understand maybe that way of thinking, but I, I'm pretty much with Rob here. Um, you know, you, I would keep my lotta there. I think he's gonna actually outperform Peters in the end, anyways, especially if you're trying to look into the future and possibly make a playoff run. Um, I think my lotta could be the key there at the end. Uh, Peters as well. I mean, this is gonna be a moot point, anyways, because Peters is gonna go down. In the next, you know, half or game um, with yeah. some type of boo or injury. So I'm not overly <laughs> concerned about it, but it's just one of those things that it's just another annoying little Peters thing. It seems like they're trying to cater to him and they're not really thinking about the team in this situation and really looking at all of the possibilities um, at, when it comes to the offensive line and who to best serve here. Yeah,
0: it, it is weird. It, it does seem like it's more about the dynamic and, and what they're paying them and the fact that they Ponied up extra cash for him to play left tackle. So it feels like it's almost his job. Oh man. So annoying. Moving over to uh hypothetical for the season, kind of up against the trade deadline. Eagles still desperately trying to get rid of Alshon. Jeffrey. Haven't found any buyers. He mysteriously picked up a calf injury, aka he's never gonna play for the team again. Uh, you know, which we've been saying all along that he's that he's not gonna be back, but uh, one interesting name that came out uh, that they got some offers before he got hurt and uh, went on the IR is Zach Ertz. Now, Rob, if Zach Ertz, let's say uh, you know now because he's on the short-term IR, he can't technically be traded. But what would it have taken for you to trade Zach Ertz, you know, pre-IR?
1: Well, the fact that we're even talking about this is is shows you how much has changed this season so far. I mean, I think on our first podcast episode for the season. We talked about if, if Zach Ertz would get an extension or or if he would be an Eagle. And I think we said not this year, but he would remain an Eagle. And now I think it's completely the opposite. I I think it's clear he's not going to get that extension. Um, And quite honestly, his play doesn't warrant it. I mean, the guy has, has disappeared. We, you know, we've rehashed this on multiple episodes. I don't care if he's getting doubled or not. Um, you know, if you're truly an elite guy, you find a way to get the ball. And I think what we're seeing now is with the emergence of Goddard, who's, you know, very close to, if not good as Ertz, in my opinion, and, and a little tougher. Um, and and I think we've seen the last couple of games that Richard Rogers can be a decent number two option. And I think the 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 emergence of Goddard with the uh you know solid play of Rogers does make Ertz Expendable, and I think if he hadn't got hurt, there's a chance he would have been traded. What would it take? You know, it, it is that's so hard to value. I, I don't know. What do you get for a guy that has a year left, a year or two left on his deal is going to want to get paid big money? I mean, it, can you even get a third? Maybe, yeah, I, I don't know. I, yeah, I mean, I, mean I would probably take a third
0: it, it does feel like a, a fourth and maybe like a, a, a linebacker that could add some depth would probably have getting it done uh, to uh, move on from Zach Ertz. And yeah, I mean, I, you know, he was Carson's boys, number one option, but the fact that Richard Rodgers is kind of uh, succeeding in the same role, running the same routes, but he's able to uh, get open, get, get catches, get yards where for whatever reason, Ertz wasn't getting it done. It certainly doesn't warrant that he's going to get a, you know, get a big contract from the Eagles. So if that's what he wants and that's what he needs, I, he's not going to get it here. So may as well move on. Justin, I'll give you, a, I'll give you a different hypothetical as far as uh, trade questions go. What would you be willing to trade Jalen Hurts to the Dallas Cowboys? Dallas Cowboys desperately need a quarterback. Maybe we trade him Jalen Hurts. Maybe we get their second round pick next year, that would certainly probably be higher than the 53rd overall pick we used on Jalen hurts. You're helping a division rival and you're unloading Hurts, who, you know, I, I still think it's a horrible waste of the resource, but there's been some flashes there as far as playmaker, the packages they've done to jumpstart. The offense have been interesting a little bit, but would you be willing to trade Jalen hurts to the Dallas Cowboys? And what would you have to get back in order to make that happen?
2: you know what? I thought about this, Sean, for a little while. Um, and you know, I, maybe if we could get a second round pick um, it might be doable, but in the end, I, I just don't see why we would follow through with it. Honestly, I mean, we're sending him to a rival. He's on the cheap. He also is a solid security blanket as of right now for us. Actually, I should say solid security blanket, but he's at least there. And we've seen a little bit of what he, he can do. Um, and, you know, I don't know if we could get something of quality back. I, I looked at, you know, maybe a linebacker, but the best that Dallas could offer would be Jalen Smith, which, you know, has been good in the past. Hasn't had a great season by any means so far. And he's pretty darn expensive. And we are going to be in cap hell, as we all know. So maybe for that second round pick, kick the tires, see where Dallas might end up here. You know, high second round pick could be worth it, but I wouldn't mind just staying put with him though in the end.
0: Yeah, I mean here's what I where my mind was going. And initially, you know, I was so out on the Hertz pick. If you could basically get a redo and probably a better second round pick, I would I would normally jump at the opportunity. But what scares me is what if we trade him to uh you know to the Dallas Cowboys and what if they continue to suck and then uh you know they end up getting a top five pick overall. And they move on from Mike McCarthy and bring in Lincoln Riley and Lincoln Riley is reunited with Jalen hurts. And then that all of a sudden becomes a dynamic offense with all those playmakers around them. They don't need to resign Dak and uh, it gets them out of that salary hell. And uh, I don't know. I, I think, you know, that could be like a dangerous formula. I mean, a million things have to get, have to go right for the Cowboys for that to happen. It doesn't seem to be going their way right now as far as the franchise overall, but that is the scenario that kind of worries me as an Eagles fan. I I would be down to trade him. I think to another team for a second round pick, but something about the Cowboys or something about in the division kind of scares me. It is of course Dallas week. And uh, you know, some of the best part about being an Eagles fan is just beating the shit out of the Dallas Cowboys. There's been a ton of a ton of great victories over the years. I mean, just growing up as a kid, that was always, you get up for the Dallas game. It doesn't matter if you, if you go two and 14, but you beat Dallas twice, that's still pretty awesome. Cause as we know, Dallas sucks. There's been a ton of uh, fun wins over the years, Rob, any, uh, any Eagle win in particular that jumps out at you as we're reminiscing about beating the shit out of Dallas. Yeah, there, there,
1: you know, there's a lot of all Eagles. Dallas games are always fun. Um, obviously the, the best ones are the ones when we win, you know, I was looking back, I, I was thinking of the game in my head and I had to quick do a Google just to pinpoint what game it was, but it was the 2008 uh, season finale. Um, the Eagles were like nine, six and one going into the game and they had an outside shot at the playoffs. If everyone, if, if every, everything fell right, I think there were two other teams that had to yeah. lose
0: Raiders. And had then to win. The,
1: I think it was, yeah, I think the bears and the Bucks, if I remember seeing had to lose um, and the Eagles had to win in order for them to get into the playoffs. So we were the night game. If I remember correctly, both those teams lost. So if we win the game, we're going in and it was just a complete route. We ended up beating them 41 to three McNabb threw for like two TDs, ran one in Dawkins, had, Dawkins, I think had two. Strips that led to TDs on defense, Um, so it was just a complete annihilation. Was not even a close game, Um, and you know, anytime we smash the Cowboys, it's fun.
0: Yeah, that was great, and I I think it ended up being forty-four to six. I just know that because it was part of an ATM pin code I had for a while. I uh, and and adding to that, I remember it vividly because it was the same. It was right around Christmas, and my dad had just gotten uh, his. First deep fryer. So he was just deep frying everything that day and uh just ate a ton of uh crazy, shitty deep fried food while watching the Eagles get into the playoffs and then they went on a little bit of a run. That was when they got to uh the uh NFC championship game before losing ultimately to the Cardinals there. Uh as they, you know, Cardinals went on then lost to the Steelers in the Super Bowl. Justin, any uh any big Cal or any big cowgirls uh victories
2: jump out at you? Sean, does that mean your new pin code is uh, forty-one (laughs) thirty-three?
0: That is that is a good idea. Maybe I should switch it up.
2: (laughs) Yeah, not a bad idea. Um, Yeah, I was thinking about that twenty ten season game against Dallas. Um, A huge game. It was uh, you know Michael Vick He's always fun to watch. Um, He didn't have the best game, but. Deshaun Jackson had one hell of a game. He had a uh, 20, 210 yards in that game. Um, it led to that 91 yard catch that he had where he dropped back into the end zone. Um, it was pretty sweet overall. Um, the other thing, the one thing that kind of stunk about it uh and pro- I knocked it down a little bit of a peg uh, due to it being a Dallas game, but the Kitna was playing in that and it wasn't Romo. uh looking back on it. That's a little bit of a disappointment. Always love to give Romo shit, you know? Well, and that come that brings up to mind
0: 2007. Uh we go into Dallas, we get the victory late in the year and uh you know, not an amazing season for the Eagles, but it was great to just get that victory over Dallas. And and really what was so enjoyable was that Jessica Simpson was there to root on her uh boyfriend at the time, Tony Romo, and just a lot of sad shots of Jessica Simpson in the stands. I think it was that same year. I think year. I was with you
2: that game actually. really I Remember?
0: Yeah. Yeah, it sounds familiar, um, and uh, yeah, I, I, it just jumped out in my mind those those shots of Jessica Simpson and like people re- leaning over and like maybe explaining the game or what's going on. She's looking really sad. I think it was the same year where they ended up getting a a buy for the playoffs, and then Romo was seen in Cabo, and then that started that whole uh, you know should he have gone to Cabo? And then Terrell Owens is breaking down crying. That's my quarterback, man. Uh, That was uh, just—it was a domino that really started the end of uh, the Romo era. Speaking of Cowboys quarterbacks and this game coming up, Andy Dalton doesn't look like he's going to have what it takes. Is still in the concussion protocol or or slowly getting out of there, but doesn't sound like he's going to start. And then they're instead going to go to the seventh round pick from James Madison, Ben DiNucci. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say. I'd almost rather face Andy Dalton right now than Ben DiNucci simply because we know what Andy Dalton is. We've seen game film of Andy Dalton. We've seen him with this offense. They have no life. What I'm scared at is Ben DiNucci, a Pennsylvania native played uh high school football in Western Pennsylvania, set a passing record for passing yards in high school football, beating out, you know, some great guys like Joe Montana, Dan Marino, Johnny Unitas all time, uh, Western Pennsylvania quarterback. So it, I, I mean, I'm just kind of worried that this kid is going to come in there with nothing to lose. And, and maybe, you know, he's, he's it, supposedly he's pretty good at running the ball as well. And maybe he pulls some plays out of his ass and gives this Cowboys team, which is just, you know, completely quit on the year. Maybe he gives them a little bit of spark. We know Andy Dalton has no spark. Ben DiNucci maybe gives them a little spark. It kind of reminds me of like the, you know, you saw. uh you saw Gardner Minshew come in and, and he gave that Jags team a spark, or it could go the other way and it could be Luke Falk uh, for the Jets, and it's just a complete disaster. Rob, am I crazy for thinking we're almost better off facing Andy Dalton than this unknown Ben DiNucci?
1: Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I mean look, the guy's a 7th round draft pick. He has no NFL experience. Yeah. I, you know, a big game against the Eagles. I you know, our D-line is, is intimidating. It's going to hopefully get some pressure on them, especially with their O-line issues. I, it, there's just no way. I mean, it, look, is Andy Dalton good? No. Um his best years are behind him, but he's an NFL quarterback. He has experience. Um, you know, this kid, it, 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 it's going to be ugly. Um So yes, you're absolutely crazy. I would much rather face the seventh round draft pick in his first start
0: and uh, someone on someone online dug up Ben Denucci's LinkedIn profile because even he didn't think he was a, uh, you know, a shoe in for the NFL, uh, his about sections, pretty, uh, pretty funny. A quote along with being a student, I'm also a member of the varsity football team where I've acquired critical time management and leadership skills. That will transfer to the real world. I will be graduating in December of 2019. Uh Justin, are you worried about his critical time management leadership skills, possibly giving the Cowboys a bit of a much needed boost come Sunday
2: night? Well, yeah. Um uh, those leadership skills, you gotta worry about those sometimes <laughs> when the when your <laughs> opponents got them. Uh but no, I am with Rob on this one. Um, much rather go up against uh Denucci um Newt. instead of um he doesn't have NFL experience. He's got barely any reps with the team. I mean, I <laughs> uh, I would much rather face him. I don't know what he how he's gonna react to our uh, defensive line, which is great. And uh, I know I got a couple uh, key defensive matchups here coming up to talk about with Danucci. So,
0: yeah, I mean, as long as we can get uh, defensive pressure on on the Nuch, I, I think we should be able to uh, take care of him. But I am worried about uh are a bit, you know, that he may be able to run on us. And and that kind of brings us over to the uh, key matchups on the defensive side of the ball. For me, it's Brandon Graham. He's actually kind of having a career year, six sacks, nine tackles for loss. And uh, maybe this is finally the elusive pro bowl year for Brandon Graham, but Brandon Graham has to get pressure on Danucci, but also uh, also set the edge there. I, I don't want to see any, any reverses or Danucci getting out of the pocket and scrambling. I, I think that is what could give them a little bit of spark and momentum and uh, we just really need to beat the shit out of Danucci. Rob, what are you what's a key matchup you got to see the Eagles win on the defensive side of the ball?
1: Yeah, I mean Sean, you nailed it with with Brandon Graham and and you know the defensive line. I actually uh, for some reason I think Barnett could have a good game. Yeah. Um but 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 this all comes down to the line because look Dallas has good receivers. Um, you know, they maybe have the three best starting wide receivers in the league. Quite honestly, they're up there. Um, so the key is don't let this guy throw to them. I mean, obviously he's going to be an experience. So the D line has to one, get pressure and contain the run. Um, you know, Zeke's not having a great year. He's been fumbling and everyone's already panicking, you know, that they paid Zeke, which was stupid <laughs> and I'm glad they did. Um, so you know, it it starts and ends with that line. If that line can do its job, they never even get to the receivers, which could give our secondary trouble.
0: Yeah, I mean, really, did, you know, especially the second cornerback. I do think Darius Slay will be able to do a good job on Amari Cooper, but uh, you know, certainly you worry about a guy like C.D. Lamb against whoever ends up being the second cornerback, Avante Maddox, or uh, you know, maybe he matches up against Nikhil Roby Coleman. Justin, what's a what's a defensive matchup we gotta win come Sunday night?
2: Uh I think, you know, I had uh sweat and Barnett down, you know, putting pressure on against Irving. I think that's yeah. gonna be a good matchup there. Getting around, getting those sacks, and you kind of pointed out, you know, those reads. Um Slay, I think as long as he can, you know, shut down uh the first read there. I don't know if Danucci has the experience to even look past that. So, as long as they can get the pressure, like you guys pointed out, it's it should be it should go well.
0: <laughs> I know there's no such thing as a sure thing. As far as the offensive side of the ball, a lot of matchups you can look to uh, that we really need to get going. Uh, I mean, right tackle. But uh, I, I think one for me i'll I'll highlight is is Boston Scott. Boston Scott needs to have another good game. Now, for whatever reason, he just really has the Giants number. And was able to, you know, make some plays out of the backfield. he uh, even ran the ball, uh, you know, decent, but he needs to take a little bit of the pressure off Carson. And certainly with no miles Sanders, still, there's going to be a lot of pressure on him. Uh, Corey Coleman just hasn't done anything. Huntley, you know, he he's a rookie, a deep rookie. So I, I don't know what we can expect out of him. So kind of a lot of pressure on Boston, Scott to make some big plays in the run game and in the passing game to help alleviate. Some of the pressure on Carson, Rob. What do you got to see come Sunday for the Eagles' offense?
1: I got to see Travis Fulgham involved early. Yeah, we're we're waiting way too late in the games to get him going, and and the guy is just flat out performing. You know, I looked at some stats. He's he's currently eighth in the league in yards per game. Um, He he, here's another great stat. He's the only player uh, with 350 yards and three TDs since week four and Eagles wise, he has the most yards uh, for any Eagle in the first four games since TO in 2004. I mean, the guy has just jumped on the scene and there's so much more potential with him because in most game, in a lot of these games, we're not getting him go until the second half, Doug, ne- Doug and Carson need to make a point to get him involved early. Uh, I think it gives Wentz confidence. Wentz obviously is confidence throwing to him. And if we can get him going, I think it'll open up other people. Uh, hopefully it'll open up the run game a little, you know, keep taking some D shots to high tower and you know, hopefully we win this game,
0: you know, and, and, and just, and something that I don't think is ge- getting talked to enough or talked about enough with the, the whole Travis Fulgham thing is Fulgham is, is the perfect type of receiver for Carson Wentz. Now, one thing that was always great about Nick Foles was he wasn't afraid to throw that jump ball up to Alshon and, and, uh, you know, let him make a play on the ball. Wentz has had trouble developing that skill with uh, some of his receivers. Now, maybe it's a style thing or a lot of the times, you know, Wentz has been playing Alshon's been hurt, they never, you know, they had a decent run, I guess, uh, you, you know, there in 2017, but for the most part, they haven't quite been in sync. So the fact that Fulgham can act as that possession receiver, go up and get contested balls and let Carson Wentz Throw some jump balls, and the fact that he has enough confidence uh, in him to throw those is, is huge. And I like the fact that we're getting uh, we're getting to see Fulgham and Rager uh, play together for the first time. So maybe you throw some Fulgham uh, screens or whatever, some easy stuff to get him involved in the game early, and that'll give uh, that'll give Rager some one on one matchups on the other side. Maybe try a deep shot or even Hightower. He's been you know back to back weeks he's had a uh, he's had a big play here. And he's kind of uh, hopefully moved past that that bad drop he had against the Ravens. Justin, what do you got to see on the offensive side of the ball?
2: Sean, did you just call for a bubble screen?
0: <laughs> Is that <what> <laughs> To Fulgham, <laughs> yes, to Fulgham. <laughs> All
2: right, fair enough. And we have no oh, run well, game right now. Still not allowed. <laughs> still not allowed. <laughs> uh, just say. I would. I'll still be
0: mad when it doesn't work.
2: <laughs> I I kind of went in the other direction. Um, in this case, I I love uh, getting Fulgham involved. I think he gets involved though. Once we can get other things going, things open up a little bit and with Rager out there, I think that'll help. Um, but I think the key thing is going to be the run game. Dallas has given up over 1200 yard rushing yards this season. So far they're averaging about uh, giving up over 150 rushing yards a game. So I think if we could get that going, I know our offensive line hasn't been doing a great job of it, but this would be the game for them to get that going. And hopefully we can start to play a little bit with a lead and just start pounding it. Like you pointed out earlier with Boston, Scott, get him involved and um, get him some yards here. Some specific rushing yards.
0: Yeah, that would be huge. And, and I think even Huntley it showed me a little bit of uh, juice for a rookie. He could be like an interesting uh, deep fantasy play. If you're playing one of those like uh, DFS showdown lineups just for, uh, you know, just for the Sunday night game, he could be an interesting play or if you're desperate at the running back position, bringing us over to the uh, thrive fantasy player prop Of course, uh, make sure you check out thrive fantasy. Use that promo code SGP. Get a up to a 100% deposit match up to 50 bucks. Thrivefantasy.com. You can use it on the app. Uh, It's fun. You're just picking a lot of over under player props. The one that they have for an Eagles player this week, Carson Wentz over under 255 and a half passing yards. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say under, and uh, I, I think Wentz still has a good game. But a lot of times when he goes over uh, on passing yards or has a ton of passing yards, it's when they're playing catch up or playing from behind. And I just don't see the the Cowboys' offense putting them in that spot. Rob, what are you doing on the Wentz over under two fifty five and a half passing yards?
1: I'm all in on the over. I think the team comes out amped up, and I think. I hear what you're saying, and I think you're right about playing with the league. But I think the fact that it's the Cowboys, the team's going to want to stick it to them. They may try to score, um, so I'm going shot. with the over. That that team's terrible. The defense is terrible. You're right. Um, and I, I, I think Wentz is so close to putting it all together with Rager <laughs> out there and Hightower. I think we get at least one more deep shot. Uh, so I'm I'm going to take the over.
0: Yeah, you're right. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Give me give me the over Carson Wentz passing yards. Justin, are you going to make it a? Uh, I, I got cute there. I was overthinking it. Are you going to make it a clean sweep? Carson Wentz in the over 255 and a half?
2: I took him at the under. Um, I think if we play this game smart, we really attack the run game. I mean with with the Cowboys giving up over 5 yards a rush to their opponents, it just seems like we should stick with that. If we can get ahead in the game, we're good. The other thing too, is Carson is averaging about 250 yards a game. Only three times this season has he thrown for over uh, 250, And one of those was 258 yards. So really it's only two times. Would he have um, hit the over on this? So I, I'm just going to stick with the under. Uh, if we do everything right, it would, it should work out. I don't know. I mean, Justin, you,
1: you do remember Doug Peterson's the coach, right? I mean how many that games have you seen how many games have you seen him just stick with the run? Yeah, well, I know especially, got me there. Maybe
2: I'm gonna go over too. oh, let's go so over.
0: Especially with no Miles Sanders. like even if they're even if they're just matriculating it down the field, it'll it'll just be a lot of dink and dunk passing stuff. But maybe they get maybe they get that deep shot to high tower or uh or Rager pulls down a deep ball he's, he's looking pretty good in practice. Goddard is coming back, although he's coming back from a high ankle sprain. So I I don't know what he's going to do that much. Rob, we'll let you kick things off here in the Eagles nest section. One player you're predicting to have the big breakout game in this Sunday night matchup.
1: You know, I'm torn about this and it's part of me just really wanting it to happen, but I'm saying Rager, I, I think he comes back fired up Yeah, and it, i i think the fact that we're playing with the cowboys has to motivate him um specifically you know obviously everyone wanted cd lamb cd lamb was taken ahead of him i i i would hope that is motivation for him to come out and try to show him up and have a good game i'm you know i'm a, uh, i will couch that i'm a little concerned obviously first game coming up coming off the injury is it a hundred percent yet and and will the timing be there with Carson? You know, I, I think that's a little concern after the injury, but I'm going to stick with it, that, that he's going to come in amped up uh, and and he's going to make a couple plays.
0: It does seem like the team's excited to get him back. And again, it's a thumb injury. So you would imagine he'd still be able to keep his cardio up and he was catching balls in practice. Seemed like he, he was doing fine. So uh, the timing thing could be an issue, but uh, I think other than that, he, he should be able to come back and be pretty close to hundred percent. Justin, who are you predicting to step up and uh who are you putting in the Eagles nest this week?
2: Uh same guy as last week. Uh I believe I said Boston Scott last week at least. I'm gonna stick with him again. Um, I know I had a good game last week, um, especially that that uh game winning catch. That was awesome. I think though uh this is gonna be more of a rush play and hopefully he could stack those yards and get it, punch it in the end zone there.
0: Yeah. I mean, if, if he, if he's going again, I, I think it's huge. I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to go high tower. The guy keeps, he keeps almost uh, having some amazing games with these deep balls and, and the, the Dallas secondary. I mean, Terry McLaurin was just running right past people. He has the, he's has the connection with Carson. He had that one drop but Carson seems to have not lost faith in him. So uh, yeah, I'm going, uh, I'm going John Hightower here. Going a little off the grid, but Shop, uh, like that. yeah, I, I don't like know. That. I I think he's I don't I don't think they've lost confidence in him. And again, that's kind of one of the few positives of all these injuries is is getting these young guys some looks and and building their confidence. All right, now time for the final score predictions. Right now, the spread over at mybookie.ag. Again, use that promo code SGP get up to a hundred percent deposit bonus. Play, win, and get paid at mybookie.ag. They got the Eagles a nine point favorite total sitting at 43 Rob what are you doing uh what's your final score prediction
1: this game's even close we have a lot of problems um, <laughs> you know as we discussed there's a seventh round rookie QB starting uh never started a game before against our line um, Dallas's defense is atrocious you know I have us winning big 34 to uh 10. Sorry. What was that? 32 to 10, 34 to 10,
0: 34 to 10. So just over. All right. I like it. We're going to win by 24. I, I I appreciate the optimism that would probably involve Jake Elliott hitting two field goals. I don't know about that, Rob, that that could be, that could be uh, an issue here. Although maybe, maybe Doug just calls a uh, four, two point uh, plays and, and that's how we end up getting there. Justin final score predictions for the Eagles at home against the Cowboys.
2: I think it's going to be a little bit closer, but I think we could still uh, control the tempo and what's going on. So uh, I, I went 24, 10 Eagles 24, 10.
0: Okay. You got it going a little lower scoring. I, I think you're kind of onto something and uh, I'm going to go 28, 10. We get it done. They get the cover, but uh, the under ends up happening because the Dallas offense is just that inept. and. uh Oh man, this this will be. If we get this victory, it's going to be huge. We're going to be three, four, and one in first place going into the bye. Season is still uh, still has some potential. Thank you guys for tuning in to the Die Hard Eagles podcast. I'm Sean, stacking the muddy green with my fellow diehards, Rob and Justin. Go birds!
1: Go, go birds!